This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host. He worked for Staples well in high school. He's my dad, Brandon Byrne. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your Chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Chris Johnson, President and CEO of the Association of Washington Business in Washington State, to learn how Holman Brothers has provided value for him. Well, Doug and Bill at the Holman Brothers have been a key ally in growth. Uh, for my professional career working at three different chambers, a local chamber, a regional chamber, and now a statewide chamber. And they've been the ideal solution, whether it's a comprehensive training program, whether it's working on individual sales growth, quarterly check-ins with the team, the ability to grow members has meaning more assets for the organization, more assets means we can do more things to serve our members. They've really been the perfect solution for us, a trusted resource partner and a growth partner us all along the way. So hats off to Doug and Bill for their great success. They'll be a great partner for you as they are for us. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. You're joining us today for episode 191 of Chamber Chat Podcast. We're getting up there in the the episode numbers. But for this uh, episode, we have Brett Schonzenbach with us. Brett, is he's served as the president and CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce in California since January 2019. Brett is a native Californian and resident of San Diego's North County since 1971. He came to the Carlsbad position from the Vista Chamber of Commerce, where he served as CEO for nine years. His corporate background before the chamber was in residential real estate and the software industry. In 1992, he helped start the Technical Difference, Inc., a human resource software company. Before venturing into the corporate world, Brett spent seven years as a youth minister. Brett graduated from the Franciscan University of Steubenville in Steubenville, Ohio, earning a BA in psychology and a BA in theology. He earned his master's in theological studies from the University of Dallas in 2001. He and his wife, Jolene, reside in Vista, California, and they've been blessed with six children and two grandchildren so far. Brett, I'm looking forward to having you with me on the podcast today and and, want to give you an opportunity to say hello to all the chamber champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so you can get to know you a little better. Morning, Brandon. Um, Thank you so much for having me as a guest today. I'm excited to be here and uh, have conversation um, something interesting. I mean, you read my bio, so that stole most of the stuff that's actually interesting about me. I guess I would say one thing that's interesting is, um, you know, like a lot of people, I backed into the chamber career. I don't know if anybody truly like goes to college and thinks, oh, I want to be a chamber executive when I grow up, you know? <laughs> so, um, and the way I backed into my chamber career was through, um, the real estate industry, I I did real estate for eight years and found out that I hated it. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, as you mentioned, my wife and I have six kids and, 
you know, real estate, you have to obviously work on your client's terms. And so they usually are available on nights, weekends, holidays, you know, things like that. And um, after a while, I just really did not enjoy that industry. And but that's the industry that um, got me super engaged with my local chamber. Um, when I was a realtor, I had uh, joined my chamber, joined a committee, got invited to the board of directors. And because of all that, you know, it's how I got really familiar with the impact chambers could have in a, in a community. And uh, when the guy who was the executive of my local board there that I was part of, he uh, decided to move to, back to the Midwest with his wife. Um, you know, I'm like, oh, this is a great opportunity to get out of this because I'm so done with real estate. And uh, I didn't really know exactly what I was getting into. But, um, you know, I so but I backed in. And I had I remember having a conversation with him one day when we were talking about him leaving and me possibly applying for the job. And I said, um, I don't actually know what you do on a day-to-day basis. I'm a board member. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what you do. <laughs> so, um, but I, I threw my hat in the ring and now I've been in the industry for um, 14 and a half years, I think it is, or, or I'm in my 14th year, however that works and um, love it. I was say, hopefully it's going better for you than real estate. So. Yeah, I, I really do love it. Yeah. And maybe that needs to be the question I ask people is how did you find your way into the chamber world? Because everybody has a unique story about how they right? get there. Yeah. yeah, that is so true. Um, you know, one of my neighboring chamber execs, um, he is one of those guys that came right out of college and got a job at his local chamber and moved his way up and all that jazz. But um, that is so rare. It's mostly people who have come from all kinds of different um you do find a lot of people who served on a chamber before they became an exec, but um, the stories are so different. Right. Yeah. I always find it fascinating. So thank you for sharing your journey. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about the Carlsbad Chamber, just to give us an idea sure. of size, staff, budget, uh, kind of scope sure. of work to give us an idea of, of what you guys do there. Sure. So we are located, as you mentioned, in North San Diego County. Um, we're about 35, 30, 35 miles from the city of San Diego itself. And, um, we, our community itself is about 115,000 people in, in our suburb here. But, um, for our part of San Diego County, we're kind of the economic hub. Um, we have a robust tourism industry, but we also have robust um, industry in general, um, which is a, uh, a nice combination. And at least in San Diego County is pretty rare. Besides the city of San Diego, um, we are we're the number two generator in tourism dollars in our county behind the city of San Diego itself. And and I think we have the third largest industrial park in San Diego County. So both we have this great mix of both, um, you know, like biotech and high tech and that kind of stuff. And then the tourism side. So that's great. Our chamber itself, we have um, uh, right around a thousand members, a little over a thousand members. Um, San Diego County has 43 chambers of commerce and we're the second largest with the city of San Diego, the, the regional chamber in San Diego being the largest. So we're the second largest chamber in the county. Um, we have about a $1.3 million budget staff of nine. Um, we do not 
our community has, we have separate visitor bureau. We have a separate, you know, downtown association. Our city has its own economic development department. So we don't have any of those other add-ons that some chambers do, but we obviously we work very closely with all of those entities. Matter of fact, we meet regularly, um, have a great rapport with them, but, uh, but we don't fulfill those, you know, those specific roles like us uh, getting funding to be say a visitor center or uh, a manage the downtown or any of those things. So, um, so yeah, that's a little bit about us. I have a very large board of directors. Um, that was kind of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest changes coming from my previous chamber where we, we had what I thought was a big board at the time, like of 17. Wow. And now, uh, you know, I have 35 voting members and, uh, you know, uh, four other like, uh, advisory members and then other emeritus members we have a large board here yeah they you, you work for a lot of people mm-hmm. <laughs> that that definitely helps paint the picture for sure kind yeah. of where you guys sit and the type of work yeah. you're involved with i do work for a lot of people it's very true <laughs> <laughs> well i'm excited to get into our topic for our discussion today we're we're going to be focusing our discussion around presenting employment opportunities to youth in the classroom. And we'll dive more into this discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Successful membership salespeople are problem solvers. They ask better questions, uncover more problems, and pinpoint how their chamber can help. It's how they consistently drive better membership sales outcomes. Here's the hurdle. Most membership salespeople don't get enough coaching to recruit like this. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching supplies the year-round guidance that your membership rep needs to drive growth for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of next level coaching. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side by side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. 
With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Brent, we are back. Uh, as I mentioned before the break, we're, we're talking about presenting employment opportunities to the classroom today. Um, I know our uh, <laughs> our scheduling of, of recording this was uh, being worked around both you and I both volunteering at, uh, at church youth camps and, and so forth. So I know for me, and, and it may be speaking for you as well, that the rising generation is important to me. And, uh, and I think for chambers in general to look at that future employment pipeline and creating a vibrant economy in your community. Um, so I'm excited to, to have you tell us what the Carlsbad Chamber has been doing to introduce these, these students, these youth to what a future can look like in your community through through various employment opportunities. Yeah, thank you for that um, lead-in. It is a very important um, topic for all chambers, and I, I feel like as we go to our conferences and you know you attend webinars and you see this topic comes up more and more and more because it's a it, it's not just a, a local issue; it's it's a nationwide issue. Um, and if I could, before I explain what we're where we're currently at, I want to paint a little bit of the picture of what we used to do. Um, that led up to our current initiative. And our chamber, like probably many others who are listening in, were very engaged uh, at one point or another in um, trying to bring together the world of work and the classroom, you know, to, to bring those together, as you, as you alluded to. And what we had been doing before, um, we had this program called Talent Cities, and we brought... Um, eighth graders out on field trips to, to actual businesses, like different manufacturing type businesses, et cetera, et cetera. And instead of just doing like a tour of the business, we specifically crafted a tour where they would stop strategically at different places at the company that they were visiting and they would get a little um, interview with somebody. So a couple of those stops would be like on a shop floor, for instance, and then a couple of the stops would be more like in research and development and marketing and sales, things like that. So there's always this mix, kind of a the blue collar, the white collar type things. But we at each stop, they would hear from a, a staff member, an employee who would talk about who they were, what they did, what they liked about it, what was challenging about it and how they got to this point in their career. And our goal with that, bringing those kids out on site was to just broaden their perspective a little bit. Because what mostly we found is that most students um, know what their mom and their dad do if they have both parents. And, and sometimes they don't even know what their parents do. Because mm -hmm. sometimes what their parents do, they just, they, they just have no way of actually knowing what they do. But beyond that, they just know the big hero jobs like teacher, firefighter, policeman, military, you know, stuff like that. So our goal was to try to broaden their perspectives just a little on what kinds of jobs and career opportunities could be available to them. And when we started that program that we called Talent Cities, it was, um, we felt it was successful. Like we would actually pull the kids before 
they would go through with this kind of a tour, field trip, et cetera. And then we would survey them again after, and we got some great comments, like one that really stuck out in my mind. One of the kids said, you know, um, I never thought I could use my love of art in, you know, a, a work setting or a job or a career or whatever. So things yeah. like that, that was exactly what we were hoping to do is to help them to see a little bit bigger than um, they had had a chance to up to that point in their life. But we ran into challenges. So that program, when I was at the Vista Chamber, we ran um, a thousand eighth graders through in like an 18 month period of time. And at least out here in Southern California, field trips are challenging mm -hmm. for school districts. And um, all those logistics that they have to go through to, to make a field trip happen are not simple. And then um, secondly, I found that I was constantly going back to the same four or five different companies saying, hey, I got another group of 30 eighth graders or 20, you know, whatever um, for you guys to host. And so, you know, it becomes challenging for businesses to interrupt their flow to do that on a regular basis. So all that being said, that was that was the precursor when um, COVID hit. Obviously, the whole world pivoted towards virtual learning, virtual interaction, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, um, our local hospital out here was working on some initiatives to help um, their career readiness workforce pipeline get developed. And so they were interested in, in creating some videos to help broaden people's awareness of uh, career opportunities within healthcare. Most people, when they think of healthcare, all they think of is a nurse and a doctor. And obviously, when you have a big hospital, there's usually something like I, I think our hospital has like 2,200 employees. So there's you know all <laughs> kinds of careers that all the way from marketing, you know, down to techs and and everything. Janitors, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's everything. Yeah, you got it, you got it. So there's there's so much diversity within just a company like that. So they approached us and um, and so what we ended up putting together, and one of the things I love about this is this was a collaboration with three different chambers of commerce here in my area. So we, the Carlsbad Chamber, are two neighbors directly um, near us, the Oceanside Chamber and the Vista Chamber, the hospital that I just mentioned, and then our regional EDC, our regional economic development council for our area, the five of us together collaborated on this project. And um, we went out to our local um, county uh, representative and said, hey, we have this idea. And, and so luckily he bought into the idea that I'm gonna share and funded it because this stuff doesn't happen without some money behind it. But um, we created a web portal and um, it's called SoCal, and that's an acronym that I always forget, but it stands for Student Opportunities for Career Awareness and Learning. SoCal, and the website is called SoCalWorkforce.org, SoCalWorkforce.org. And so we created this web portal, and what we did as we were starting to conceive it and one of the pieces that was really important to us is we wanted to do this in conjunction with our schools. We didn't we didn't want to do this in some silo by ourselves and just do what we thought made sense. So we worked with the three school districts in the three communities that I just mentioned, Carlsbad, Oceanside and Vista. 
And we said, hey, here's this idea we have. We want to make this evergreen portal of um, jobs and careers, a, a video library, if you will, that you can use in the classroom to expose students to the real world of work. And they love the idea. We met with them like two or three times during the process of developing it. And, um, and when we unveiled it in January of this year, 2022, um, they were ecstatic. And so what the web portal has, um, when you go there, and, and it's open to anybody. So it could be like a teacher who's navigating this or an individual student or like anybody who's in a looking to change directions in life. Right. Anybody can use this uh, this website, but you can look up job or career opportunities three different ways by industry, by company name or by a job itself. So like industry, you could look and say, oh, what kinds of things exist in my area in healthcare, in tech, in, you know, in public safety or whatever the case might be. Or, hey, I've heard of, you know, in our area, you know, there's some big name companies like Viasat or Nordson or, you know, whatever the company is. I've heard of that company. What jobs might be? What careers do they even have? I don't even know what they do. Or you could just go the path of, you know, like, um, I want to know more about being an engineer. I want to know more about being a this or a that. So whatever way you navigate, you eventually get down to these um, three minute videos. And what we did is we shot all the videos on location at the site where the worker works. So we wanted it really in their workspace, in their flow, like all the B-roll. We didn't use any third party, just B-roll that you can just purchase, you know, anywhere. Everything is shot at the actual site where these people work. And we interview these, these various workers. And it's the same kind of interview that I mentioned earlier, who they are, what they do, what do they like about it? What's challenging about it? Um, how did they get to this point in their career? If they were adding a staff member to their team, what would they be looking for? And so in these three minute videos, um, you, you get a really good snapshot of a real life, you know, place of work and job, career, et cetera. And on our portal, another piece that I really like, because we were trying to think of it from the student perspective, is when you get down to the actual job before you watch the video, there's a description there. Hey, here's a little bit about the job. Here's what the average person in San Diego County makes who who performs this job. Here's the job outlook for the next five to 10 years for that profession in our area. And then um, if, you know, educational resources are uh, like if you need a degree or a certificate or something to do that job, here's a couple links of local uh, institutions who offer those certificates or, or, or degrees, et cetera. And so then with all that background, then they can watch the three minute, you know, video and and get to know that particular um, job, career, et cetera. And um, school districts, when we rolled it out in January, were over the moon. They love it. Now, it's not that a school district can't like if they wanted to bring, oh, let's let's look at a day in the life of the engineer. They can they have resources. They can find that that's out there. But what our school districts really loved about this project was that um, it's so localized. So these are companies that their 
these students may have heard of. These are places that they've driven by. I mean, these, these are right here in their backyard. And um, it just, the teachers were so excited about making it tangible to their students. So <laughs> I'm going to circle back towards some of the beginning of your comments. And you mentioned sure. about students often will only know what their parents have done. And yeah. just funny, when I was in third grade, I drew some attention from the school when I told them that my dad sold drugs. He was a <laughs> pharmaceutical sales rep, but I would hear him come home talking about the new drug that he's marketing. So, you know, naturally, <laughs> when we talk about what does your dad do for a living, my dad sold drugs. So that, you know, prompted a parent teacher conference and, oh and all that. Gosh. So that was interesting. That's, but <laughs> that's awesome. That is so funny. <laughs> So with these, uh, this web portal and video library, I love this idea that I love being able to have the different angles, being able to filter by industry, company, and job type. Uh, are you primarily focusing on the bigger companies because they have so many different levels, different types of, of positions, or do you have some of the smaller entrepreneurs even that are highlighting what a day in the life of their work is like? Yeah. Good question. Um, it is it is intended to be a mix um, of both, um, but initially, is it was a, when we were at the conception phase and trying to get it off the ground. It was a little bit easier to go to some of the bigger companies who have a diversity of roles already and say, "Hey, you know, we want to shoot three different, you know, jobs, three different roles at your company," um, but. But we have both some, so we have some large companies, but we also have some, I would say, medium-sized companies. And and when we launched uh, in January, our goal was to get, I think it, our goal was to have 60 videos on the portal at launch. Um, and uh, we ended up, we met that goal. And currently there's there's 80, I'm trying to think through the numbers. Yeah, currently there's 80. And our goal by the end of this calendar year is to get to a hundred and then obviously continue to grow it. But, um, but yeah, the, so we're trying to diverse, like to your point, we're trying to diversify as we grow and get a more industries, B more diversity of size of companies and things. Um, the County supervisor who really bought into this initially, he wanted us to have a healthy mix of things that did not require going to get a four-year degree. Sure. And as you would probably know, there's, you know, obviously there's the big push in the schools for STEM yeah. and, you know, that kind of stuff. So we wanted to have obviously that kind of stuff too. So we worked really hard. So there's like some, there's some construction jobs, you know what I mean? There's welders and, you know, that kind of stuff in, in the midst of also there's engineers and, you know, et cetera. So, um, we, we worked hard to try to have that kind of diversity in there. Yeah. And I can see this library just growing over time with expanding the different companies, but there's always going to be the need for an accountant and you know a lawyer and a doctor and some of those staples. But Very then you true. see new careers popping up too, you know, from yep. I'm thinking when the smartphones came out and you had app developers and that wasn't like you had software designers, but now it's specifically apps. And now so we see true. technology shifting with, you know, the metaverse and things like that. And, you know, what is a career going to look like 10 years from now? It might look very different, but exposing these students to those opportunities 
might help them avoid, you know, eight years in the real estate industry if they don't like that. Right. (laughs) Uh, That's great. Yeah. You know, um, you're, but you're, you're spot on it. I mean, there's people who have careers right now that um, five years ago, those things didn't even exist. So, you know, so theoretically somebody entering college today, you know, might end up in a career a few years from now that doesn't even exist as they start college, at least in title and name, like you, like an app developer at one point, there was no such thing. Right. Or, uh, what exactly is an influencer again? But I don't know. People (laughs) are making a lot of money at it. I don't know what that means, but that's right. um, You know, uh, so that is a challenge to, but, um, the other thing that we're doing is, um, one of the challenges we had when, you know, when I was sharing that example at my previous chamber, where we were working hard to bring the, the classroom world into the real world of work, we were doing it within our given community. You know, I was the Vista chamber and these were Vista businesses and this was the Vista school district. And, but at least in our area, and I know every region could be, you know, have some differences here, but in our area where we are a suburban, um, you know, uh, area, it doesn't make sense to do it siloed, but community by community, which is why this regional approach we felt made a lot more sense. Like, I live in community A, I work in community B, I go to school in community C, my church is in community D. I mean, that's that's actually true for me, what I just said, you know. Um, so it was really important for us to take a broader perspective. Um, here in Carlsbad, there are 80,000 people come to work every day, but only 20,000 of those actually live in Carlsbad. So that's a lot of people um, coming to work from neighboring communities. And so we had that mindset. So now where we're at is since we launched in January, we've now added three more communities to our portfolio. San Marcos, Escondido, Encinitas have all joined us and their school districts as well. Um, So we're growing it, growing the footprint of it geographically. And then as you already were talking about the the companies, the jobs, the those kind of oper- the industries are growing as well, and so we eventually see it hopefully being uh, countywide, but that's going to take a little while. But countywide, and um, you know, just continuing to expand the diversity of opportunities too. I think it goes to show maybe the definition of community is changing to some degree. You know, between online communities, you got your physical communities, you've got cities that were established before transportation was as robust as it is now. And and the world just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So as we silo and say we are the Carlsbad community, you're really discounting a lot of opportunity from the neighboring areas that, you know, your residents or you know, employers, employees are, are interacting in those cities anyway. So yeah. maybe just kind of a reset on what community actually means. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, you know, we're we're very um, fluid um, in this area, and and I believe probably in a lot of areas. And as you pointed out, transportation being, you know, robust. Um, but this um, this portal has been, um, you know, a great collaboration. And I think in our industry, you know, that's really important. You know, in the chamber industry, to collaborate together, Absolutely. look for, you know, how can we create win-wins, you know, and um, it, it's, uh, it's been a really great thing for us to collectively work together on. And 
create value for all of our memberships in this in this region and our you know our bigger members who have a tendency to be members of multiple chambers they love seeing this too you know they love seeing our chambers all work together on on big more enterprise level projects so so that's been a positive i think our biggest challenge you know as we we initially got that grant which was super helpful but you know to grow it there has to be funding so um videography high quality videography and editing doesn't come free and um and we have done it at a very high level so we're at the point where okay we're looking for some more grants and and streams of funding but we're also going straight to the companies and say hey if you want your company you know featured here we have a path for that so we've created corporate pricing for those that want to be added it was interesting when we launched um, some industries that we hadn't really thought of jumped up and said, oh, we want to be featured. And so, um, you know, a municipality, their uh, their water division, they're like, we need to promote career opportunities in this field. You know, people don't think about this. And so they jumped on board and sponsored, you know, right away and, and got some video shot at at their um whatever water division at their municipality. So there's, you know, there's different pockets that we hadn't really anticipated. And right now I'm working, you know, I mentioned at the outset that we have a strong um, tourism in Carlsbad, but at the moment there is no tourism or hospitality listed on our portal at all. Uh-huh. So I'm currently in dialogue with them. They, they're they really hurting for workforce right now. Um, after the pandemic, it's been a challenge getting getting yeah. staffed back up to the levels, both at restaurants and hotels. And, um, but, uh, we, we just hosted a uh, panel discussion on tourism about two weeks ago, and they were all talking about how they need to, you know, promote careers within tourism. So, so we had a discussion this week about how they could get into our portal. So we're, we're putting a proposal together for them to, to get some video shot at their place. So, you know, I, I, I love that, that we have this tool to be able to help serve those who have that need right now. Yeah, I love that. And thank you for touching on the funding part of it too, because I was going to ask that next about, hey, how do you make all this happen? And yeah. it's a variety of sources and, and being creative as you go along too and looking for those new opportunities. Very true. I mean, obviously there, we all in our communities know of some some go-to little you know channels where we go after funding for this or that, but um eventually you know we need business to step up you know we we're looking regionally at, at funding sources um you know our our local congressmen really like the idea one so one of the things that's been that's come up though is uh multiple people have said hey it would be great if your portal could be like a one-stop shop for internships companies who want to host interns you know people who want to have an internship and it could be a one-stop shop and you know, we're dealing with all these different jurisdictions now, different school districts and, you know, all this stuff. And they all have their own, um, you know, <laughs> their own parameters. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, oh, boy, um, how do we do this? So that's probably like version three of the portal, um, not even version two. But so those are things we're aspiring to, though, and are on our radar to continue to evolve how this portal can continue to serve. Um, the needs of our community now that it's launched and it's getting on people's radar. Yeah, I really like that. Well, as we start to wrap things up here, I wanted to ask you for anybody listening, um, 
what tip or action item might you share with them to any chamber that's looking to, to take their organization up to the next level? Yeah, that's a, um, you know, it's a great question. Um, we, we talk about here and, and other people have heard in the industry that we can't, we can't be our grandfather's chamber. Um, you know, the chamber, the days when, um, you think of kind of like, there was a time where businesses joined the chamber and you can pick a variety of reasons. The chamber was the go-to place for networking. That was probably the easiest chamber was the go-to place for advocacy, you know, uh, you know, things like that. And, um, we don't have the market cornered on any of those things anymore. I mean, there's a million ways to network from um, meetup and, you know, online tools to lead clubs and all that kind of stuff. There's so many ways to network besides even just social networking. Um, and then advocacy, every industry has its own, you know, vehicle, you know, their own association that advocates just for their specific niche needs and really watches their back. And I still think chambers are excellent at broad scale advocacy and networking and all that kind of stuff. But um, we don't have the market cornered on any of those things that used to be kind of uh, synonymous with why you need to join a chamber. So we're constantly asking, asking ourselves, you know, what is our, you know, value proposition? What are we bringing to the table that nobody else is bringing to the table, which is part and parcel with this this discussion we just had today, this is one piece of it for us, you know? Um, so we're, we're involved in workforce development in about five or six different fingers or different ways. Um, this SoCal project was just one of them, but that's for us, it was like nobody, when I, I look broad scale, broad scale, nobody's involved in this. Nobody can bring to the table what we can in workforce development. The relationship with the companies and the relationship with the schools, which already we have, you know, we can we can be this bridge that nobody else can serve. So we've that's one of the stakes we put in the ground. This is going to be a value proposition that we have for our membership. Um, but looking at those things, what do you bring to the table that no, nobody else is, you know, Rotary can't bring to the table or, you know, some nonprofit in your community can't bring to the table or some meetup group can't bring to the table, you know, what, what is it that's unique? And so we look for those things we, and we have, you know, we're constantly developing new initiatives, which is a little daunting, to be honest, we have to be careful. We don't get out of mission and, and go off on some tangent, but, um, but, and I think, and, and one other thing I want to, I want to point out 25 years ago, when people thought of economic development, they primarily thought of, Let's try to get company X or company Y to come to our city and they'll bring good jobs and that'll be good for the community. And we even saw it like five or six years ago, like the whole country was tripping over themselves to try and get the next, you know, Amazon, Amazon headquarters, man. you know, and it was almost comical. But um, and there's I'm not saying that's not valid, but even before COVID, we knew. And now since COVID, we really know that people can be from work from anywhere. Yeah. You know, they don't. You, it doesn't matter where their job is. It's where do they want to be? And so we have to create a community that um, attracts people that want to be there, not because their company is there. So what does that mean? 
Well, what attracts people? You got to have, you know, um, low crime rate, great schools, affordable housing, amenities and parks and stuff that people want. Um, you know, a, a good entrepreneurial environment, you know, business friendly. I mean, all these factors together are what make places desirable for people to locate and 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 be. So we have to be about all of it. You know, we can't just be siloed in. We're a business organization. We are going to work with business. You know, that's, <laughs> that's just long gone. And so um, we're constantly looking at how can we make a positive impact in all those areas so that we can make our community a great place to, you know, live, work, play, shop, dine, vacation, visit, you know, all of that. And um, so it's it's exciting, but it's daunting. It's a uh, the the ways you can engage that are never ending, which wakes me up and gets me excited and also o- overwhelms me sometimes at two o'clock in the morning. But um, but that's <laughs> what I love about the industry. Yeah. Now, and I think something you touched on is it's the the shift of placemaking. Like it used to be you're attracting business and now it's attracting those employees, attracting those people that want to live in your community. Um, and I think your response, I, it may answer my next question, but I like asking everybody I have on the show, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see their purpose going forward? Yeah, I think that um, the role that we serve as a hub within the community is so um, vital and important and valuable, so valuable. You know, we can pull together stakeholders from so many different things, from from public safety and government to education and nonprofits and business. And we can put them in the same room. And, and sometimes you only, maybe only need two or three of those fingers for what your initiative is, but, but you can, we can pull together things that nobody else can. And, and so we have to, we have to embrace that role and, you know, find the issues within our communities that are meaningful and, um, and go after them and, and be the solution we don't have to have all the answers, but be the one that convenes everybody to help create the the positive movement um, for the community. And uh, I think if we wholeheartedly embrace that role, we'll continue to be relevant and we'll continue to have a reason to exist. But, um, you know, if we just kind of bury our head and like we're the business community, I think that's too narrow. And I, I feel like most chambers have evolved beyond that, but but I see going forward, just we have to take that up, um, you know, wholeheartedly and run with that mentality to be community leaders, not just business leaders. Right. And being that that embracing being a convener is uh, mm-hmm. is so important. And you guys are setting a great example with this SoCal program because um, that, that's exactly what you're doing is you're bringing those yeah. those right people to the table to help provide opportunities for the the youth coming up that are going to be the future workforce. Yeah. So Brad, I wanted to to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who might want to reach out and connect with you and learn more about the SoCal program or how you guys are doing things in Carlsbad. What's the best way for someone to reach out and connect? Sure. Um, I have the easiest email in the world. So one of my emails is CEO at carlsbad.org, CEO at carlsbad.org. And you can email me. Um, the If somebody wanted to check out our that website, I mentioned SoCal 
workforce.org and you can see more. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on all those different, I don't know, social media thingies, you know. Uh, I respond. I, I actually check messages on LinkedIn. If anybody messages me on the other ones, I don't check those. But um, <laughs> but you can uh, you can I I connect with people all the time on LinkedIn, especially chamber pros. I love connecting with other chamber professionals because um, I value them. And, um, you know, there's none of us has all the answers in this uh, world of, of what we do in the chamber. So I love learning and meeting other people and hearing what's working in their communities and um, seeing if there's any tidbits I can bring back to my community. So yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn, um, email me CEO at carlsbad.org and uh, yeah, love to connect. Very good. I'll make sure we get all that in our show notes for this episode, which will be found at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 191. But Brad, this has been great having you on the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us and sharing this great example of what you guys and, you know, in collaboration with your neighboring chambers as well are doing. And it's a, a great template that others can look to and, and build upon themselves. Well, thank you so much for the invitation, Brandon. I really enjoyed it. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.